0: Welcome to Campfire Stories with your co-hosts, Salesforce MVP, Stacy Cogswell, and public speaker, Justice Sikakani Sr., a podcast for sharing stories of Salesforce trailblazers. On this episode of Campfire Stories, we have none other than Aaron McGriff, Golden Boy, a.k.a. Golden Hoodie, a.k.a. San Francisco Billboard, a.k.a. Cover of Wall Street Journal, aka New York Times cover on the podcast with us, (laughs) Stacey and I, and uh, we're honored. Uh, Thanks for joining,
1: Aaron. Uh
2: Well, should we say thanks for joining again? Oh, yeah. Third time's
1: definitely should be a charm. Uh,
0: (laughs) That's an insider thing, but (laughs) yeah, definitely. This is definitely third time's a charm for sure.
2: Yeah. So, little known fact for all of our listeners out there, um, Aaron we actually campfire stories knew him when, uh, he wasn't on billboards and magazine and newspaper covers. So we actually interviewed Aaron. Oh my goodness. Was, it was more than a year ago, um, twice and had some audio difficulties. And so we had to, uh, you know, scrub the episode there. We weren't able to use it, but, um, and then, Aaron, I'll be honest with you, uh, because that's what Campfire Stores is all about, is transparency, honesty, and open conversation. I really thought that now that you're famous, that you might, beyond, might be beyond humbling <laughs> us and our little podcast with your presence. But I was so thankful to get to see you at Midwest Dreaming this week. And you said, like, it wasn't even like I had to ask you. You came up to me and said... I want to try to do this recording again. I want to be on your podcast. So thank, you, oh, well, for thank you for
1: having me. And first of all, I will never be too big or too anything to, uh, to be on campfire stories. So I don't want everyone ever want anyone to think that
0: <laughs> <laughs> the main man, I like that. Um, so, so there are a couple awesome. of things, uh, you know, this, this podcast, obviously for our listeners is all about, um, you know, bringing your authentic self, uh, you know talking about your story your journey in a very inclusive environment one thing i'd like to get right off the bat i'm actually actively tweeting about this as i'm about to bring this up i would like to further unpack <laughs> what happened in indianapolis for trailblazer day when aaron McGriff thought he could use a lime scooter oh my god as a tony Hawk
2: skateboard <laughs> 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 <The fact> that- <laughs> wait so what's, so the, here, story? So what's the story what's
1: the story here yeah. i thought we were so talking about salesforce stuff i wasn't wondering
2: i wasn't at trailblazer day you all the
0: listeners me that have been wondering including <laughs> stacy uh and are wondering why this is such a big deal and now there's a new tesla thing that i need to hear about which i i'm unaware of at this point we're at trailblazer day in indianapolis aaron is, is uh encouraging me to take advantage of utilizing these Lime scooters. I've never really used one. We have them in Minneapolis. You know, I'm just kind of like, yeah, okay, let's do it you know, later or another day or whatever. The day finally comes, I think we were there for two days. The day finally comes where I think we were running late for something. So I said, yeah, let's jump on these scooters. Or maybe we were killing time, one of the two, I can't recall.
1: Yeah, we were killing time um, afterwards that's before we went to the airport.
0: Yes, that's what it was, we were killing time. So we actually got a pretty scenic view of downtown Indianapolis uh, on these scooters. So, you know, we, we're mm-hmm. going, we're cruising, we're picking up speeds, we're going around. And me being the precautious person that I am, every time <laughs> I saw a bump coming, <laughs> up, uh, you know, within 20 feet, I would immediately, and I was cruising, I would immediately slow down, stop, come to a halt, and then lift my scooter and go above.
2: <laughs> Not Aaron. Aaron
0: sees probably a four to six inch clearance. And he decides, you know, I'm not going to slow down like Justice was doing previously. I'm just going to try to hop the, the, the thing. Well, he goes up and everything <laughs> looks good. But when Aaron came back down, the whole scooter collapsed.
1: And I'm just <laughs> over here
0: what? to grab my mobile device so I could capture the entire. Obviously, I make sure he was good. Once I knew he was good, I was trying to capture the whole moment because, you know, I'm just like, who? Anyways, that is the story, people.
2: <laughs> Aaron, he just called you out. You busted us. So my my memory of the scooter. event is, is is
1: different than what Justice says. Uh, <laughs> I was just calmly cruising, you know, enjoying the sights, and yeah, it just it just came apart. I, I don't know what happened, and and that's my story, and I'm sticking to it.
0: And and Stacy, just for just so you know, the reason the only reason I haven't gone too far into this story is because. I don't want the executives over at Lime to hear what was going on and then decide to charge Aaron McGriff's uh, Lime account. So I said, "You know what? We will act oblivious <laughs> and we will let it be what it is." But yes, it was. A- Nonetheless, we were there for a great uh, event. We had a great time. Kicked it with, kicked it with Aaron, and uh, yeah, it was good. Outside of that, well, you
2: know, Justice, I got to tell you that. As you are very well aware, and we've mentioned it several times, the first time you and I ever met in real life was at Midwest Dreamin', twenty sixteen. This is this year was my first time returning to Midwest since then, and it didn't even seem real, not even a possibility, not even the the scope of anything that could happen that Justice would not be I there. I know, but you weren't there.
0: Uh, I know. I really wanted to be there to be. I actually missed a couple events this year. I've just been very busy with work. I missed t- uh, TND True North Dreaming, which, if you know me, I was born mm-hmm. in Toronto, Canada, so that's home, and that was the inaugural mm-hmm. community event outside of the domestic, uh, you know, fifty states. So that was kind of a bummer. But Midwest Dreaming, as you, Stacy, know, that was my first speaking engagement in the Salesforce community, as well as yours. Uh, so that it's just an event and a conference that is like very near and dear to the both of us. And that was also Mm -hmm. the form. Well, uh, you know, that's when we all came together, the gift squad and a lot of us.
2: Right. And first speaking experience for us both. Um, But I will tell you that um, Pat Sullivan filled in your shoes very nicely. And I think I heard him say at least to five different people, um the advice that you got when i know that and i know you got this from dale ziegler that you were nervous Mm. about speaking and the advice that you received was about nobody knows what you're going to say except you so nobody's going to know if you mess up except you they're all there to hear you because you are the perceived subject matter expert so they're here to hear what you have to say and i heard him give that advice that i know that you've shared many times throughout our almost two years on podcast um, so I heard him give that advice to I know at least five different people throughout the course of the week. So um, Dale's advice to you that you have then spread um, has now been spread even further. So it's like your spirit lived on, which was excellent. And then I had the opportunity, thankfully, to get to share on two different oh. accounts, and so this was actually new for me. I spoke on ParDot, similar to what I did several years ago, um, and then I also was asked by Sherlene Chow of Salesforce to be to be on a career panel. And um, first of all, to get to speak on a panel regarding my Salesforce career is in itself just an amazing thing like i am an accidental admin you know but i'm trying really hard to get away from that phrase like i had an opportunity present itself and i seized the opportunity and i intentionally you know the door when the door was in front of me i opened it and ran through it and blazed a trail beyond it so i try not to consider myself you know quote unquote accidental um, because the opportunity may have been an accident, but the fact that I have achieved and pursued it is no accident. It's me owning my career. Um, but, but, you know, it's, it's amazing to think that I, who have no technical background, who have no college degree, you know, that I was homeless at you know, one point with my son. That To think that I would be somebody that people would want to hear from when it comes to career but even more than that, to stand next to Toya. Ryan O'Sullivan, mm. who I didn't know, but yeah. Toya, who I absolutely look up to and admire and think, you know, in the realm of Salesforce prominent people, uh, I will admit that I am somewhere in that realm, but she's several layers higher than, than I feel like I am. And she's absolutely amazing, mm. but, and, and super smart and incredibly humble and so sweet and helpful and every other nice thing that you can say so it was just amazing to get to stand next to her as we shared our stories and experiences together
0: you know um that's amazing but you know more specifically i like you know the synergies between you and aaron are actually very similar and 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 here's why your your insight into your background and how you've gotten to where you're at today um you know as a leader Mm -hmm. as a uh, individual that inspires others is, is nothing short of amazing. But, you know, I look at, I look at people too, like, in, in, you know, you came into the ecosystem at a point in time. And this is my way of saying you've been in the game a little bit longer than Eric, but it's nice. To, it's nice to see that the same trend and the same platform is still supported so that you based on your background could come in at one point in time into the ecosystem and thrive. And fast forward to today, you got Aaron now doing what he's doing with a similar background. So Aaron, I just want to, I just want to punt over mm-hmm. to you really quick and just for those that don't know you, um, you know, mm-hmm. you don't feel pressured to give like some sort of scripted kind of response or anything, but like just very organically and conversationally, you know, whether it's two minutes or 15 minutes, break down like your background, how you got to where you're at and, and, you know what that journey has looked like um, because I think a lot of people mm-hmm. will be a lot of people know you they see the posters they see the still frame they see the professional video shots you know of what you've done in the community but just kind of from a conversational perspective here on campfire stories what's the story to Aaron to where he was and where he is now in Chicago by the way
1: yeah so My story, like I'm really a technical, uh, excuse me, a non technical guy that's really making it in the technical world. Um, It's 2019 now. If we rewind to uh, six years ago, um, I was working at a Target store in Columbia, South Carolina. Um, I wore red and khaki every day. If you looked in my closet, all you would see was red and khaki. I literally didn't really own any other clothes. Um, And all I did for over 70 hours a week was be at Target. Um, <clears throat> my job, I was the manager over loss prevention, um, so it was literally my job to catch shoplifters and catch people that were committing theft and fraud in my store. And um, I was an executive at the store I was at, and I worked my way up to that from being a card attendant at Target when I was 16 years old. Um, I spent 10 years at Target and finally had just about enough of it, and. Got out of that and went to Home Depot, still doing loss prevention, um, but in a more of a leadership role than I was before. Um, I had multiple stores under me and was was there for about two years. And, you know, I was still in my 20s and I'm thinking, okay, is this really what I want to do with the rest of my life? um for my entire adult life so far I don't know what it's like to be off on the weekends or be able to travel during the holidays or be be able to enjoy the holidays period you know for 12 years of my life at at least 4 a.m if not earlier on the day after Thanksgiving I was at work you know I never had the opportunity to really enjoy those holidays like I knew I wanted to and like I saw others around me doing. So I was like, you know, I'm going to try to make a change. I don't want to be pigeonholed in retail, so I'm going to branch out and I'm going to do something else. Um, Finally got out of retail and got into operational management and had two different salary management positions that after one after eight months and the other after just under three months, I got laid off from. You know and yeah Mm. and for the first time in my life like i'm unemployed no for the first time in my career i'm unemployed and i really don't know what i'm supposed to do next or what i'm going to do next because i still had bills i had just bought a house so i had a mortgage i had a car payment i had insurance you know i had all these things i still needed to pay for but i didn't know what i was going to do Um, And it just so happens when I lost my job for the first time in 2016, um, my niece Zeta was born. Um, Zeta is like the first girl um, of all my brothers and a lot of other people in my family. So my whole family came up to Detroit to be there for the birth of my niece and my cousin, who a lot of you may know, uh, Nidia, who works for Salesforce as a a tech evangelist. She told me Shout about Shout out Salesforce.
0: to Media, by the way. Shout
1: out to Media. Mm-hmm. I would not be having this conversation if it wasn't for that conversation I had with Media. Um, but yeah, she told me about Salesforce. And honestly, when she told me about it, I listened, but I wasn't really listening, listening. It kind of went in one ear, mm-hmm. out the other. Um, when she was explaining it to me, it kind of sounded like a pyramid scheme, I'm not going to lie. And I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, it, it sounds real nice, but you're not going to get me with your little game. Um, I still need to find a job. Um, so I did end up finding another job. And after working there for a little under three months, I'm literally sitting at my desk one day, like, okay, I have a job. I'm able to pay my bills, but do I like what I'm doing? Am I living my life on purpose or am I just living mm-hmm. the life mm-hmm. that I have to live to get things done? And I realized that I was not living the life that I wanted to live. I was just doing what I needed to do mm-hmm. to make sure I could take to continue to live and i kid you not i'm sitting there at my desk and i look on my company's um landing page and there's a link for salesforce because Mm -hmm. my company was a salesforce customer and i'm like okay wow i could be the one that's building these pages building this automation instead of being the end user and i was like okay i'm going to give this salesforce thing another try i actually called nevia and said hey can you give me some tips on how I can learn Salesforce um, and work a full-time job at the same time. She gave me those tips. Two days later, I got laid off again, like out of nowhere. Mm. And it hurt again, yes, but this time I can definitely say that I had a purpose. You know, I knew what direction I was going to go in. I said, if there was ever a sign, me losing my job again was a sign I needed. And I decided that I was going to put my all into learning this platform. Um, that was actually when I created my Twitter profile and I just started really talking about what I was doing and the things I was learning on Twitter. And that's when I got my first taste of, um, what Salesforce Ohana is and everything that it means, um, over the course of the next couple of days, I, countless people, um, Justice included, reached out to me just to say, hey, I see what you're doing. If you need me help, let me know. This is what I think you should do. Just really give me that advice and that motivation that I needed to keep going. Um, so I kept learning on Trailhead. Um, I got connected with Toya, um, who Stacy uh, talked about earlier, and she really became a mentor for me. And <laughs> she kind of threatened me to go to Met Dreaming. <laughs> um, She doesn't like me to say this, but she really did. Um, She told me about Midwest Dreaming, and I was like, I'm not going to go because I'm going to have to pay for it myself. I'm going to have to find somewhere to to stay when I'm out there, yada, yada, yada. But she's just like, look, you need to go. Uh, Excuse me. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So I did. Um, I hopped in my car.
0: I just want to interject one thing really quick, and I want you to continue. Toya is to you as Shauna is to me, but continue.
1: Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I came out, um, I hopped in my truck and drove to Chicago, found somewhere to stay, and I was good. Um, and what what was, so I talk about that, that first Ohana moment I had on Twitter. Now, that pales a comparison to what happened when I got my name badge and in walked into Midwest Dreaming with all these people um, that I had never seen before in person but knew me on Twitter. Um Like, Mm -hmm. literally, everybody was just stopping, like, oh, I'm like, are you Aaron? Are you Aaron? Are you Aaron? And this, all these people, you know, I, that was the first time I really felt like I was part of something, you know. And I said this before that I've had several different jobs and several different career paths, but this was the first time I really felt like I belonged to a community. And I wasn't earning any kind of money from this at all. I wasn't getting any kind of paychecks, but I really felt like I belonged to this community. And that's really what made me want to keep going. Um, So, yeah, that was my first Midwest Dreaming event was two years ago, almost to the day. Um, So, yeah, so from Midwest Dreaming, I got certified a few months after that, got my first job a few months after that, Uh, was at my first position at University of Michigan for four months before another company came and grabbed me and pulled me in. And like the things that I've been able to do and the people I've been able to meet and just the conversations that I've been able to have, over the course of these past two years is just, sometimes I wake up and I still don't believe that these things are happening to me. You know, um, we joked about like the billboard and being in the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And I still can't believe those things are real sometimes. You know, Um, people come to me and say like, you're such an inspiration and you motivated me to, to change my career and to jump into Salesforce. And that's never something I thought would happen when Nevia had that conversation with me three years ago, I never thought that Mm -hmm. I would be someone that people looked to for motivation or inspiration. Like I was just a guy trying to get a job, but it turned into so much more and it really gave me a new passion. So I kind of went from Mm -hmm. like just trying to get a job myself and trying to get employed myself to trying to get other people that are going through similar things that I did to do the same things I did. You know, because one big thing about people in this ecosystem is that none of our stories are unique. You know, we all come from various backgrounds that don't necessarily have to do any, have anything to do with tech, but we're striving and mm-hmm. really making major moves in this ecosystem and in the world. And it's just, it's, mm-hmm. it's amazing how this platform is able to do this.
2: Right. And I'm going to interrupt you there for a moment, Aaron, just to kind of interject because uh, that's the whole purpose of our podcast is that no two people have the same story. And yet there are pieces of your story that are going to inspire or encourage someone who maybe their background is different, but their future is the same or their motivation is the same or someone that has a, some of the pieces of your past are similar to theirs. And so they're going to hear what you've said or what Ashley Allen has said or what Becca Miller or uh, you know Dana Hall or someone else has said and they're going to hear a piece of a story shared at the campfire and that's going to encourage and motivate them on so you're absolutely right that every single story is unique and yet justice what is the one thing and I, well and before i even let you answer that because when justice and i started this podcast we intended to talk about trailhead and how people use trailhead to pr- push their careers and we thought that we might even hear about how Salesforce has been a life change for people. And it has been, but justice without any rehearsing or side comments or anything, what is the one thing that we have heard over and over and over again, the most common thread of all of our guests about what has got them to where they are uh, in the Salesforce community, community, That's- Community. Johanna. Absolutely. Yep. You know, it's, I- I'm listening to you talk. So,
0: First of all, first and foremost, that, that's an amazing, uh, it's just amazing. Because I, I know your story, obviously, well, Aaron, uh, Stacy knows, obviously, bits and p- pieces of your story, but to just hear mm-hmm. it from the beginning to where it's at now was unbelievably inspiring, because, you know, I don't, I don't know if I've heard it end to end that way, um, but I want to react to one thing here quick, and what it is, it's this. Uh, you had mentioned the, you know, being on the billboard. Let me tell you about the significance about that. You know, about a year and a half ago, uh, yeah, about a year and a half ago, I brought my daughter to a Lynx game. My daughter's five; she'll be six in November. And part of the reason why I brought her to that Lynx game is because I was wearing a Timberwolves hat, and she, you know, she's she's young, she's inquisitive. Daddy, why do you wear that hat? Do you like that hat? You know, I'm telling her at boys, Ben's basketball. She asked me, do girls play basketball on TV? I said, absolutely. In fact, rather than going to the Twins game, let's Audible and go to the Lynx game. And it happened to be a season opener. You know, th- th- there's a whole story out there about that. But the point is, after the game, I walk out and there's this huge poster of Maya Moore uh, replicating the iconic Michael Jordan Wings poster uh, with the basketball in one hand palming it. And then the other hand stretched out. And my daughter runs to the glass of the Target Center and says, Daddy, I could do that. And I said, well, absolutely. So we go down to the parking lot, you know, go outside of Target Center and she emulates. And this is the pinned tweet on my Twitter profile right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I couldn't even do the whole thing because the the poster was so big. But the point is, Aaron, every time I watch the CARE 11 interview, our, our local news station on them uh re- reflecting on that story and that impact, uh it brings me to tears every time. And I've seen it hundreds of times at this point. And what inspires me about your poster is yeah, it's a good data point in terms of, yeah, this is cool. You know, my mom is gonna be proud. She's gonna share this on Facebook. And you know, and I'm saying this because I've actually seen Aaron's mom shares <laughs> on Facebook, which is legit. Uh, Among other achievements that Aaron has had, but yes, I love seeing that on Facebook. But the real story is this: at one point in time, you know, I'm in my 30s now. I used to be a young African American boy, and there wasn't too many moments of inspiration in which I could look at a billboard and say, "I can be an analyst," or "I can be on the billboard" because I, you know, I'm thriving in the tech space. Mm -hmm. The fact that your face is out there now. There's going to be some, and this is not just about minorities, right? But the fact that you're out there, Aaron, there are going to be boys in Detroit. There are going to be boys in Chicago. There are going to be boys in San Francisco that are going to see that, self-identify, and say, that could be me. That mm-hmm. means everything. And
1: to, ju- to, so, justice, to to bring that full circle, like, so my name was also on that billboard. And someone reached out to me and said, hey, I saw you on the billboard. How can I make it for myself? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, I. And if you like, if if there was ever a moment like in this whole journey I've had that just kind of like, I don't know. It just it was just a moment of catharsis. Like, it's uh, yes, it's like it's great that I'm on a billboard, but like I said, like I want other people to do this too, and I want other people to be able to show it, to share in this this experience that I've had, like to have that billboard up there, you know, and somebody that's 3000 miles away from me in California to see it and to go through the channels, to get to me and reach out to me directly and say, what can I do? Like that is just, that's, that's amazing to me.
0: So let me, let me ask you something. And Stacey, I'd love for you to react to this too. How do you, So I was recently in New York with your cousin, in fact, and we were on this panel talking about imposter syndrome. Um, And one of my comments or one of my reflection points is, there's a fine line between humility and Mm self-deprecation. So you being where you are at and how rapidly things have changed over the course of uh, 12, 24 months, how do you stay humble, stay ambitious, (laughs) while wanting to inspire others because a lot of people are going to you know i'm just going to be very candid here a lot of people are going to gas you up which justifiably um is warranted but then at the same time how do you maintain a level of yes i have put in the work to be recognized in this capacity for what it is uh but i still want to remain humble enough that i don't feel that i'm better than you And, and you don't do any of that but i'm just i'm wondering Talk me through. Same thing applies to you, Stacy. You know, like you being humble and being able to say at one point you you know you were in a car, homeless, that sort of thing. And now here you are as a respected subject matter expert, speaker, director, MVP, co-host of a, mm-hmm. of a great podcast. I mean, this this is like notable, <laughs> you know, like recognizable uh, achievement. Right. So I, I'd like. Yeah, this to... is
2: this is fun because Aaron and I were walking through the streets of Chicago like yesterday. Talking about this exact thing, so I'll let him go first, and then yeah. I'll add my. Yeah. So
1: one of um, my sources of inspiration, my sources of strength, and really one of the best people that I am sure I will ever know in my life was my grandfather. Um, my grandfather passed away in 2014, um, but and w- at the time that he passed away, um, a flag was flown on top of the U.S. Capitol building in Washington D.C. Um, at half mass in his honor. Um, My granddad passed away, when he passed away, he was a retired federal judge. Um, And he had been a judge for for, for decades. And one thing that he always said, and one thing that he always lived by was don't let your title become who you are. Um, Whenever he would go out, he would never sign his name as the honorable Judge Roy Rulak. He would never let people know he was a judge beforehand he would just be who he was. And he passed that on to my mother. Um, when she got her doctorate degree, he told her the same thing. And for that very reason, she doesn't sign her name as Dr. Cheryl johnson Rulac. And I really am want to embody that same thing. You know, it's easy to get wrapped up in titles and it's easy to get wrapped up in the things that you do accomplish. And you kind of like, you kind of get that chip on your shoulder. You kind of start to feel good and everything, which I'm not saying is a bad thing, but you always have to be humble and remember where you came from. You know, two years ago, I literally was not working. And they, none, of, none of the things that happened to me had to happen, you know? And I could easily go back to that again. So just, re- just always re- remembering where I come from and remembering my journey and remembering that, like, this can all go away and in the blink of an eye really helps to keep me grounded and to keep and keeps me mm-hmm. humble you know people will like especially at Salesforce events walk up to me and will say like I can't believe it's you I can't believe I actually get a chance to meet you like I was nervous about coming up to you and I'm just like look I'm still I'm a regular person you know I put my pants on one leg at a time like I'm not anyone that's more special than, than you, you know? And I just, I'll always want to to, to share that mm-hmm. with people that like I, I will always be approachable. Like if you want to have a conversation with me, walk up to me, like, trust me, I'm nobody special. Unless Justice wants to put me in an earpiece and a black suit one day and be my bodyguard, I will also always be approachable. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love that, Aaron. And I had the most humbling experience at Witness Success in Nashville two weeks ago that this absolutely amazing woman. Um we well actually let me back up just you know 30 seconds further and say that I was in an incredible session and I was sitting in the back row because I wanted to listen and absorb and participate, but I was also working on slides for my own presentation the next day and um and but it was uh emma b and Reikia and megan hyman and um, um and they were just phenomenal talking about having courageous conversations and finding your executive presence and it was the most incredible um presentation session that i've been to in a long long time and at the end of it um they asked if anybody had questions and everyone just rose, and this one woman rose her hand, and she gave some fantastic feedback, question, comment, and she was so just vulnerable and transparent and just real, which I loved. And she was sitting diagonal from me. So when it was like her being vulnerable sparked all kinds of other conversations and comments after that. Cause sometimes you just have to be the first person to raise the hand. Right. And so afterwards I approached her and said, I so appreciate you just being open and vulnerable and starting this conversation. Thank you for that. And she went like beat red and she shows me this, um, uh, like networking bingo card that she'd made, that had like, She'd researched everybody that was going to be at the conference and had a whole list of people she wanted to meet. And she was so embarrassed because she thought that I should be on the list and I wasn't. And and I'm like, you know, whatever. No, it's no big deal. Like the people who were on the list were absolutely amazing. And like it didn't hurt my feelings or anything like that. Like I, I don't feel like I need to be on anyone's list. But she tells me later that um, she was at Midwest Reman 2, just absolutely phenomenal woman. She's made so many great connections. Janine, absolutely love this woman. But, um, but she confides in me later that she'd had me on her list, Erin, to your point, and thought that if she saw me in a room, that she didn't think that she'd have the confidence to approach me. And and so therefore she removed me from her list and put other people instead. And I I, I wanted her to know, like I don't ever want to give the impression that I am anything but the same as everybody else. You know, like I, I, I still struggle with imposter syndrome with not knowing how to do everything for my Salesforce clients with, you know, trying to be better, trying to, you know, do, do all the things right. Like, I still am trying to learn. I'm still trying to share and give back and build and be better at myself. And so it it was like, so, so honoring and yet humbling at the same time to have that experience. But you're right, Aaron, like we are just the same as everyone else, just because we have podcasts or billboards or, you know, designations or get to go to events or Whatever, like we're still just the same. We're still just people in the Salesforce community. Absolutely. Yeah. So, like, I kind of keep thinking, like, because I don't want to be self-deprecating either, just as to what you said, I, uh, you know, earlier. So, I try to keep in my mind that um, I will, I will claim and own that I earned this spot, that I, I earned my director title, that I earned Salesforce MVP, and podcast co-host and Salesforce Saturday leader you know, whatever it is, like uh, the different roles that I get to play mom and mentor and friend and neighbor. Like I earned these roles, but I'm not the only one. There's all kinds of people who have earned these roles and people who have earned them, but don't yet have them, you know? Um, But you know, Aaron, like what you were saying, I would never allow myself to be defined as homeless even when I had no home, that did not define who I am. Therefore, Salesforce MVP doesn't define who I am just because that happens to be one of my characteristics right now. Like I am still me with the good and the bad all mixed in together, Absolutely. you know?
0: That's, that's amazing. And you know what, Aaron? Um, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll share this with you. I'll keep it a thousand. Here's the thing you said something that just made me just really wonder. And, you know, like Stacey said, Campfire Stories is all about keeping, you know, being honest and, 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 and being, Mm -hmm. and being authentic. So I go to um, New York a couple times a year, either for Salesforce events or uh, meetings or whatever. Anyways, I was just recently in New York for this imposter syndrome uh, panel, among other things. I had to meet with some folks at Salesforce HQ without fail. Every single time I go to a Salesforce headquarters, be it New York, San Francisco, or wherever, I always get introduced to other colleagues by whomever I'm meeting with. This is Justice. He's like a trailblazer, Salesforce MVP, boom, 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 These assumptions are placed on my name based on my level of involvement in the community. I've never been a Salesforce MVP. But the reason why I'm sharing this with you, because you said something that triggered something in my mind that I've shared with a few folks. But I just, I've never really internalized it until what you shared in terms of uh, the lesson from your grandfather. But I've shared with a few folks very close to me, should the day ever come that, you know, you know, I'm presented with the opportunity to become a Salesforce MVP, I feel that I will turn it down. And here's why. Not because I don't feel like it's a great recognition or it's a great designation, but there's, the, there's, there's a sense of entitlement, and I'm not saying any one individual, but there's this feeling that happens when you become a Salesforce MVP that, oh, you know what, I'm being recognized for my achievements, which all are great. I mean, there's a lot of Salesforce MVPs, so I feel like it's very difficult for Salesforce as an organization to hone in on 200 individuals. I think thousands of people mm-hmm. are demonstrating what it means to yeah. be an MVP. So don't ever, totally. anybody that's listening, don't ever feel like because you're not an MVP, you know you're not you're not designated MVP. You're not doing MVP worthy things. You you definitely are, but what is difficult is when those people are MVPs for three four five years and then they're not. I feel like there's this kind of this codependency of, well what why have I lost that designation? And It could be for a multitude of reasons, and I feel like just turning down that MVP designation should it ever happen. I'm not saying it ever will, but it would. I feel as in, you know, one of my main things in what I do with whom I am and how I exist in these spaces is to be an exemplary leader. I don't, I'm okay without having that designation. I'm, I'm always gonna be justice. You guys know me. Um, so I don't know, I guess when I think about that, when I look at you, Aaron, and you know, the, the, um, the amazing achievements, designations, acknowledgements, recognitions you've received Do you feel that at some point um, you might hit an apex and you will plateau or do you fully expect to continue to receive high levels of recognition? Like, what's your whole thought process on that because of your philosophy around?
1: Um, I mean, I feel like eventually it's going to be someone else's turn, Um, but that doesn't mean that I stop doing what I'm doing. Um, that doesn't mean I stop like talking to the people mm-hmm. that I talk to and still reaching out and trying to build up this ecosystem to build up people. Um, like I said before, your title doesn't define who you are. And if like, if when mm-hmm. my moment in the sun is over, um, I'll still be doing work. Like I'm not doing it for acknowledgement. I'm doing it because it makes me feel good. Yeah,
2: exactly. There it is.
0: Um, okay. Pretty deep conversations. What is your favorite cereal?
1: <laughs> <laughs> ah Listen,
0: Stacy will tell you that I'm the one that comes in and throws random wrenches all over the place. That's well the let's algorithm.
1: see. Uh one of my favorite cereals mm-hmm. I can definitely tell you because I had a bowl of it on Friday while I was at work. Uh well, I just forgot a cinnamon toast crunch, sorry. <laughs> Cinnamon
2: oh love yes cinnamon toast crunch so i mm, walked in uh, so
1: i was at work on friday um at my my new job and they have a fully stocked kitchen which is both a blessing and a curse but uh yeah there was a big huge box of cinnamon toast crunch and i guess i couldn't resist
2: nice that's excellent myself i'm a peanut butter crunch the person. top of
1: your mouth must hate you for that Ooh. Oh
2: no, I love it. You get them when they're just a little bit; they're starting to get soggy. Like that's the perfect, there's the Uh, perfect texture in there. But if you're talking cereal on top of a donut, then that's oh, for sure, pretty Mm -hmm. (laughs) delicious. Justice?
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, well, two cereals. It depends. I go through different (laughs) seasons: Uh, Frosted Flakes or trips and. Uh, contrary to popular belief, tricks aren't for kids because you know it's just <laughs> a great cereal. Um, but yeah, tricks or, or tricks
2: really? What I've never had tricks.
0: Oh, Stacy, Stacy, come on!
2: Oh, no, no, wait, 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 wait. Oh, no, tricks <laughs> on the baby on. ones with the rabbit. Yeah, 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 I've had those. Tricks I'm thinking, I'm thinking the, the yeah. what's the you're talking about the, kicks, the little so you're corn talking about kicks. The, kicks, the kicks, those things are those, disgusting. Those I haven't had, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So if I'm gonna have tricks, I would rather have fruity pebbles.
0: Good to know. Good to know. But
2: they're all good. They're all good. No, they. You know they're. It... You know what? And when I was I was starting some dieting and stuff, and and I thought, okay, I'm gonna get away from the sugar cereal. But you know, like if you look, they are part of the balanced <laughs> breakfast. So, oh.
0: <laughs> Listen, eating something is better than nothing, (laughs) to be honest with you. Um, Because yeah, I mean, listen, you're eating. Depending upon how you're eating your cereal, you're probably going to be eating it with milk, which for me Mm -hmm. balances out the entire diet. Uh, Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, no, you got to eat something. But cereal is just—it depends, you know. If well, yeah, it depends. I mean, if if you're if you're running out the door, do you have enough time to pour a bowl of cereal? do that whole situation? Or is it one of those things where you just got to get out the house, get a power bar quick? It depends, is breakfast a priority or not? But you know, for some before people- you
2: that's... get to work and there's a full box in the employee <laughs> yeah, kitchen can't waiting no for you, so... right. Aaron.
0: Yeah, it, it brings a whole cool. new definition to, you know, that whole uh, freshman oh. 15 thing. Um, <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you did, you know, university or college. Um, because when you're in corporate America and you have an office job, I mean, you could almost, depending upon how big your office is, you can almost guarantee throughout the various floors that will have snacks and lunches that are left mm-hmm. over. You you don't even have to pack yeah. lunch at this point. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm right. going to
1: start packing a yeah. lunch because I you refuse. Have to pack right. Yeah, mm-hmm. you,
0: you're a prepared guy, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and
2: then I'm on the other hand over here, like sure. I work from home, so I don't have to pack a lunch, but I got to make sure there's, you know, food here right. or else I have I found myself sometimes I'll sit and I'll work and I'm meetings and whatnot. And then it's like two o'clock and I'm starving and I've got 20 minutes till the next meeting and I'm like, okay, crap, I need to eat. Oh man, there's no food. <laughs> what am I going to eat? So yeah, I have been known to have a bowl of cereal in the middle of the day as my lunch because it's quick or Oatmeal, or you know, whatever, some breakfast food, because it is quick and it's easy to get to. It's easy to consume, and then I can move on with my work. Well,
0: here's the fun fact about Stacey: she doesn't shop for mm-hmm. anything. Everything gets shipped to her I, groceries, clothes, I, everything.
2: I shop. I just shop online. I mean, hey, apps. that, that makes yeah. sense, yeah. though. It's so like, if I'm if, living
1: in, sorry to cut you off, Stacey, but living in Chicago now like where i can't where if i want to go drive Mm -hmm. to the grocery store and buy something first of all my car is a half a mile away second of all (laughs) in chicago for some strange reason well i understand why but there's a tax on bags so when you go shopping and you need a bag you got to pay for that too Mm -hmm. so yeah my my stuff is getting shipped in from now on Mm -hmm. so i'm I'm right there with you stacy oh
2: yeah so there's a fantastic app i mean i get my like I use the Amazon Prime subscribe and save. So I have certain, you know, like toiletries and household items from my uh, toothpaste to paper towels to my cat food that get delivered on a different, like once a month, I get a a delivery of those things. Not everything gets delivered every single month, you know, so some things may come every six months or every two months or, or whatnot. But um, but that, that keeps me in stock with a lot of my general things, and then uh, there's an app called Shipped, which is like S yep, H I P T, and and you pay an annual fee to be a member, but then you can go and and for me locally, I can choose from I think five different grocery stores or Target or CVS, and have food delivered to my second floor apartment Mm -hmm. free of charge and and so i you know it takes about an hour hour and a half for it to you know from the time i place the order to the time it arrives but yeah like and and then my son and you know anybody else that's over they just know as they're using food or if they're craving something they just ask the echo and we've got a couple of them throughout the apartment alexa add cereal (laughs) to the shopping list or add whatever, you know, tricks the shopping list. And then I use the um Echo shopping list to place the order with shipped and then it arrives, you know, at, at my door. And I have used this for so long that we have the same shoppers. And so I know if it's like Linda knows me and so she knows that I don't need the shopping bags, she'll use her own reusables and we sit and talk and she's gotten to know my cats and whatever so we <laughs> we sit and talk now as she delivers the food when my son's putting away all the groceries so that she can take her bags back with her and it's become this like community thing so um, it's a whole other level well, Stacy
0: it just <laughs> dawned on me I'm not it just while you were talking about I'm going to call her Amazon device because I have her in my home, I don't want her to get activated while I'm talking to you guys. But it just dawned on me. If I were to, to ask Amazon, my Amazon device, who Erin McGriff is, I feel like she would have <laughs> a response. What do you think? <laughs> oh, you
2: should try it. You should try I'll, it like right I'll do now. that
0: after this. Okay. So uh, on a serious note, I will be doing that, Erin. I'll follow up with you if she lets me know who you are. Um, <laughs> on a serious note, uh, Stacey made a comment earlier of... Uh, unfortunately, Eric is probably mad at me. I did miss Midwest Dreaming. But I would love to hear a mm-hmm. debrief of your experience at Midwest Dreaming this year. I don't know if you went for the full conference, Aaron, or if you just went to a couple of community you know, gatherings or whatever, but whatever interaction or involvement you had, obviously, with Midwest Dreaming this year, give us a debrief here uh, on the podcast. And then also give us a debrief on uh, Salesforce Saturday in Chicago. Shout out to Mary Tech. Uh-huh. I think I pronounced your yeah. last name right. Yep. Yeah, um, Stacey, you can chime in too. Yeah,
1: so um, I did not, so this is my first year of, after only about two years of not making it to bit Dreaming itself. Um, this was also my first week, last week was also my first week of work. So I didn't want to not be at work my first week because of, you know. So, but I did go to um, the opening reception Um Eric might be mad because I kind of snuck in there without a badge. But, um, yeah, so I did um, go to the opening reception just to um, be, be around um, the Ohana, of course, and just speak, say hi and everything. Um, and I got to uh, go to dinner the first night with Stacy and, like, 30 other people. Um, so that, of course, that was a great time. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, and then I wasn't able to make it to any of the sessions the other day, but I did go to the Pep Up Tech fundraiser party and it was awesomely amazing, just like it always is. Um, if you haven't heard of Pep Up Tech, please go look them up. Um, great organization. uh, Absolutely. Um, and then, so yesterday I went to my first Salesforce Saturday event. Um, it was in downtown Chicago. Um, And shout out to Allison Park, because she's the one that invited me to the uh, Salesforce Saturday event. But she also told me the different events that they have in Chicago. So they have one in the suburbs one week, and then they have another one um, in downtown. And when I looked at the invitation, I wasn't really reading all that well. So I was about to go and drive 30 miles away from my apartment yesterday for Salesforce Saturday, when in reality, it was a mile and a half up the street. So uh, mm. thank you to Allison Park for getting me on the right page and uh, yeah, making sure I wasn't sitting in the suburbs somewhere by myself yesterday. But uh, yeah, it was a really good turnout yesterday. Um, it was a really great event. Like uh, people came with things that they wanted to work on. Other people came just to be around Ohana and a lot of other people came with questions. So it was, uh, it was a really great event. I'm looking forward to going to more of them.
0: Mm. Great. Stacy. Okay, well um, that's good. So you you will be an active member within the, actually to be honest with you, I, I could see you getting much more involved, Aaron, in the uh, community groups that are out there, be it Salesforce Saturday. I, I know they have a user group and I, I, I could have sworn Rebe and Denise were co-leading that. Does that sound right?
1: I believe so.
0: Okay, so you'll probably be involved with that obviously. Yep okay of course okay. Um, okay so let me ask you a final question here and then uh, Stacey and I will will wrap this episode up here what do you see now that you've landed in Chicago you're working with a great organization um, and you you know you it, it seems like you've you've gotten to a point where you can really just kind of settle and and and, and just truly grow immensely mm-hmm. what can we expect next what's what's in the future
1: um, for right now, um, honestly, I think I, I don't want to say I'll, I'll be on a plateau for a little bit, but, um, from a career standpoint, I don't plan on making any other moves. I think I'm going to settle down where I am right now and just like really build up my knowledge base. But what you can look for from me coming in the not so distant future is me, um, instead of talking about myself at different um, events, starting to really branch out and talk more about uh, things that I'm working on and things in the, um, and within Salesforce itself. So actually leading, leading sessions. Um, I don't know if I'll be leading or any sessions at Dreamforce this year, but, uh, that's the next thing on my Salesforce bucket list.
0: Beautiful. Well, with that said, let's, uh, obviously, you know, you're at, at this point, you're a friend to be quite frank with you, but Appreciate you coming on the podcast uh, with Stacy and I and just giving us um, perspective in terms of life lessons from your grandfather, you know, where you're at now in your journey, uh, transparently sharing with us, you know, some of the stumbling blocks, but ultimately they became propelling blocks to be where you're at today. So we really appreciate it. Um, Our listeners will greatly appreciate your perspective, your thought leadership. Um, and we look forward to seeing your continued developed subject matter expertise with the certifications you've been acquiring um, and see you soon at a, at a Salesforce Absolutely. event.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Justice and Stacy.